Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Access Ninja Podcast. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rachel. Well, welcome back, Rachel. I think we've been... Um, we haven't had a, a normal episode in uh, in a couple of weeks now, and so I'm pretty excited that we're uh, we're going to go back to our normal format for a bit here, and uh, talk about iOS 12 today. Have you realized we started the podcast on iOS 8? <laughs> iOS 8? No, I did not. I did not realize that. So we we've yeah, been through think... s- several so... operating systems here. Yeah, I think uh, when we first started. Uh, iOS 8 had just come out, so we, you know, it was that huge overhaul of iOS for voiceover users anyways. Oh, yeah. And I remember we covered a lot of that. Of course, we didn't cover iOS 10, but we've been around, well, 9 and 10, we kind of jumped. We didn't do anything, but we're here. We got your back from now on. So for the... Some of you who are maybe a little confused, iOS 12 is the operating system that the iPhone and the iPad use. And uh, recently, uh, at the uh, uh, just a few weeks ago from now, and we're recording in October 2018 here, but just a uh, just a few weeks ago, Apple launched iOS 12 as a free update for uh, iPhone and iPad, and anybody's whose phone. Uh, or iPad was running iOS 11, was able to update to iOS 12. So we didn't lose any of the old devices uh, with the update. So that was also pretty exciting. And uh, and one of the th- things that sometimes happens on older devices, people are actually sometimes worried about updating. There's lots of reasons they might be worried about updating. Maybe new bugs or maybe an app that they used previously hasn't been updated in a long time. Is it going to work right on my new operating system? But one of the big reasons people can sometimes be reluctant is because performance on an older device uh, can be a little bit slowed. But that's not the case in iOS 12. Isn't that right? That is correct. I am very excited because I have an iPhone 5S and a 6S, and they've been kind of sluggish. And I had an iPad Mini 2, which was really slow. I hardly used it anymore. But now I can. I just update them all, and they work like a charm. So we're going to jump in, talk about some of the new features in iOS 12. Uh, and also, it being uh, October, that makes it National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Woo! So, Universities have a lot of lectures on those. So if you have one around, just look it up. They always have all kinds of lectures going on, trying to explain and help people have more access to employment. Now, if you haven't heard of this day, you should know that it does actually date back to 1945. Uh, That's when Congress enacted a, a, a law declaring the first week in October of each year National Employment, uh, I'm sorry, National Employee the Physically Handicapped Week. And of course, we've obviously changed the language around that significantly. They got rid of the word physically because they wanted to be all types of disability as, as language has evolved. and uh, And it's kind of built up and expanded since then and so now we get the entire month yeah it's very interesting how things evolve in the language but the important thing is that things have been around the concept was there for employment and uh 
what hasn't evolved a whole lot is the access to employment when you have a disability. You know, there has been several things put in place and it certainly has improved, uh, you know, from the 1800s where uh, people with disability was even put on, on a institution, but we still have a long ways to go. Here in Minnesota, we've made some interesting uh, new rules because we have, you know, a, a Department of Employment and Economic Development, and part of that group is the State Services for the Blind. And one of the goals of that organization is to help uh, people with vision impairment or blindness uh, be employed. Uh, but what that definition is, what was that definition of employment, was a little vague. And what tends to happen is uh, is maybe some groups or organizations tend to uh, employ large groups of blind people, uh, not just because they think it's a good idea, because but because sometimes it's a bit of an exploitation, um, because they uh, like at groups that know they can hire certain people under minimum wage. Or you end up with a group that, you know, hires just a bunch of blind people and they're all in the same spot. That's not what we call like equal employment because people, blind people should be able to do the types of work that is diverse as anybody else. And so there was a recent change in some of the, the rulings we have about job placement to say that we don't count, uh, we don't count putting somebody in uh, basically a, like a blind factory like a group of, you know, where, where already this year that just employs blind people as being our goal. Our goal is to get people in job placements that uh, are of their interests, their backgrounds, their skills. Because, I mean, we even have a picture up in the wall that was back when, oh, I, sorry, I just knocked my microphone out of my hands. I'm a little bit too excited about this topic. But uh, <laughs> but we, we had, there was a, a group in Minnesota we used to be really excited about that made rooms. And they hired Made what? brooms, like oh, broom, broom handles and brooms. And it was uh -huh. all blind people. And they're like, look how great it is. We're employing blind people. And it's just all making brooms. You know, like that's not the type of job placement we're looking for. We're looking you for know, people to have jobs that are exciting and pay you, well. You know, what that you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Do you know uh, Daredevil? Like there's, I forgot the name, but there's the Chinese villain. And they make uh, heroin, I think. Yes, yes. And then they have all this blind, uh, you know, factory workers, like beggars or whatever, that uh, fill up the bags with the heroin, and then they and then they put them in cabs and stuff, and, and make them go beg. But it's actually a cover up for the drug traffic. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting because they put it at Daredevil for people that doesn't know it's a Marvel's character that he's a hero but he's blind uh, And but it was funny because that showed up again I was watching another Marvel's was it um, I think Marvel's The Iron Fist and the, the blind uh, heroin workers are still there. <laughs> yeah, because Iron Fist and Daredevil are happening in the same location. Uh, right. Yeah, so, so they come up again. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's what we don't want at the state of Minnesota, and that is to have all of our uh, all the people coming for services to work as blind heroin distributors. <laughs> yeah, we better don't give it any idea. My <clears throat> some narco might get a. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, the funny thing is, um, yeah, here 
I mean, it's not funny, but here in uh, Colorado, it's the same thing too. They, they're trying really hard and working. Vogel Rehab is working with several companies trying to create, um, you know, better awareness. And there's the Technology Institute. Um, oh, I forgot the name now. Uh, but Blind Technology Institute, I think is the name. And they are also doing a great job trying to uh, create more awareness and better employment. And of course, there is the American Foundation for the Blind, which has just been absorbed by, I believe, American Print House. But they have a career connect. So we'll put the link down there. And if you are blind and you're looking for a job, you can go try to get into that network and get some advice. And we and the reason why we're focusing blindness here so much is, I mean, certainly employment and disability is a big issue in the US and around the world. But the interesting fact is that from all disabilities, blindness is the one that people hold the most college degrees, but is the also the most unemployed uh, disability type. So that's why it's a big deal. And to put a, a bow on what I was saying earlier about the uh, about Minnesota's thing, and this is a, a, a much more a much larger topic uh, and probably something worth discussing is that we want to also avoid, as it happens in the world of disability, basically like workplace segregation, right? Where like these people with disabilities work at these jobs, people with disability, and they all work in these jobs together. And the, accept that as some sort of equality when it's it's not. I mean, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't accept workplace segregation in any other way, saying that only Hispanic people all do this job and you know white people all do this job. And it's the same thing with the you know like oh you're blind you work at the that literally was you're blind you work at one of these three jobs. Like that's that's a that's a form of workplace segregation. And oh my that's god, something that's that disability that's, is hugely impacted by. That's why I came to the US. Because when I was in Chile, I had three options of uh, university tracks. I could go to law school, I could do sociology, or I could do education. And I told them, no, I don't want to do any of those three. And they said, you have no option. This is our options. So I just told them, go ahead, shove your options. I'm going to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's 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 sad, but it's true. And but I'm so unemployed, you know, I'm unemployable. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess we can't consider a podcast co-host uh, when we have <laughs> no sponsors at the moment. Oh, by the way, if you want to sponsor us, we're very open for it. But, yes. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I don't. Wouldn't count that as fully employed. No, there is a podcast called um, Proudly Unemployable. So I am putting myself in that category. Most entrepreneurs are. <laughs> well, I think as far as employment awareness here, um, I mean, my big note and the big thing that you know, Minnesota is, I want people to be aware of, of people with disabilities in, in the workforce, but also be aware uh, that, you know, workplace segregation is a, is a real problem and it's something that... Uh, uh, that we need to that we need to battle in the workforce so that people can have the diverse set of jobs with the diverse set of skills that are out there. Well, and you know, unfortunately, this is a problem that I, I think I mean it's a message that should go for all over the world. 
I, I was just reading a couple of articles and Brazil has adopted, you know, that you have to to have a quota of, uh, of people with disabilities. And, uh, and unfortunately, even though there is more employment, there is no contribution. And I'm not saying that that happens to everybody, but I've even read that some companies would not even require the dis person with disability to come to work and just pay them the salary for them to do nothing. And that to me is, is indignifying. Sure, if, if you had a perhaps a disease, you know, a physical disease that impaired you from from even moving, that's a different thing. But just leaving your home doing nothing, like for me, it's very important to be able to contribute. And I think that anybody and whatever job it is, it's our job to contribute to the goals of that company. I think that's a I think that's a great point and a great place to uh, end our discussion and we'll can move into iOS here because uh, <laughs> we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and that was like, we probably need a, a music, you know, so people can know we're transitioning. All right, so let's uh, let's <laughs> move right along here. So iOS twelve oh twelve is our topic here. Oh, you know, there's one more thing. I wanted to mention before we move on to that uh, is that uh, today is October. Yay! It's my birthday month. It's my birthday month too. Yay! That's why we're awesome. And one of the reasons why I love having my birthday month in October is I am a big fan of Halloween. How about you, Rachel? You know, it's slowly growing on me. I didn't have it growing up, so I still don't know what the fuss is all about. <laughs> I'm going to set a little ambiance here, but uh, well, I like Halloween. I like I like it, the spooky the, sp the spooky atmosphere. Uh, I like being a little scared sometimes. In fact, you know, we could even be recording here at night. Oh yeah, with the wolves howling. Here I am sitting alone in the recording booth, my only lifeline connected to you, Rachel. Halfway, you know, hours away in a plane flight, all by myself. Wait, oh no. I think I think someone's oh, coming into the booth. Coming. Oh my oh, god. No. What oh, is it? Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay, so I'm done with that. <laughs> hey, I do have real coyotes on the back of my house. You do? <laughs> yeah, so at night yeah, they go like, like that. Yeah. Sometimes they wake you up. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Uh, no, I love, I mean, it is very interesting. You know, my favorite part about Halloween? What's that? It's costume parties. Really? Like everybody dress up. I like dressing up. I think it's fun. <laughs> well, I want to wish everybody, all of our access ninjas out there, a happy Halloween. And thanks for uh, allowing me to have a little fun with my soundboard here. Okay, no, but now you have to tell us what are you going to wear on Halloween? <laughs> well, I'm in the middle of moving, actually, uh, and so I... I don't, okay, no excuse. <laughs> I don't I don't have a plan. i got to come up with something, actually. Uh, well, maybe you can you can walk around with a car box. I was, <laughs> I was considering putting on kind of like a, a, like a Wild Western uh, bandit outfit because I've got a costume, and I've got a bunch of videos of my dog, Connor, as a sheriff. 
and uh, and I usually play the bandit. And I was thinking about getting out that outfit, and uh, so Connor would be a little Western sheriff, and I would be a, a bandit. And I thought the kids might in the new house. Hopefully, I, there's a lot of kids in the new neighborhood we're moving into, so they might be amused by that. I think that's awesome, and you should make some videos. You should take some videos. I should make some more. So I, I do have, and I'll, I'll actually link to them. I've got a bunch of videos I made with my dog Connor. And uh, there's audio description. And there's audio description. So I'll link to you to both, uh, the both versions of the video. So each video has an audio descriptive track for our low vision and blind users. Uh, the videos are also available without the audio description, um, and, and those ones also include captions as well. And uh, maybe we'll do a video talking about how I actually uh, add captions and uh, do audio descriptions for my videos. I think that would be very useful because I have had a few people ask me about caption and I said, ooh, you had to talk to my partner because I don't know how it works. Um, yeah. I've got a special process, too, that saves me quite a bit of time that leverages uh, uh, voice recognition and some other tools. Anyways, we'll ju I'll jump into that. That'll be, a, that'll be an episode in of itself. And what I'm going to wear, I'm going to be the pink hero. I got myself a pink cape and a Batgirl kind of pink mask. So is, is, this, a, is this a superhero you're making up your, yourself or is this? I'm a... making up my own, my own pink Batgirl. You can be a, a more legitimate blind superhero than Daredevil, because um, Daredevil Daredevil's got like sonar, and so and he doesn't really use his cane. You could be like a, like like the real, a real blind superhero. Although I wouldn't mind having sonar on my cane, actually, that would, would be cool. pretty cool. Oh, you could have all these technological gadgets, right? Yeah, right. Use, use your call in to Ira. And get and get some assistance there. Open up your Seeing AI app. Uh, tap your cane to use the echolocation, and then use people's lower expectations to your advantage to to bend them to your will. With my lasso. <laughs> With your lasso. <laughs> I don't know. Did you know that bats can hang like upside down? Yes. Yes, I did know that. Yeah, I wonder if they have some kind of like defense mechanism, like to grab their prey. Is that some? Are you gonna are you gonna be hanging upside down like a bat? Your superhero? Yeah, I mean, I do that in yoga. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> I like you using your your yoga skills as part of your superhero power. Yeah, come on, right? Well, you tell us what's gonna be your character for this Halloween, and. We can't wait to see you. Maybe you guys should post photos too. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, if you if you want us to post something up on Access Ninja, uh, you know, send us send it to us, uh, and just use that same the feedback at Access Ninja uh, if you want to send us anything. So, all right. We would love it. So, anyways, let's not uh, to um, the serious stuff. <laughs> not to the serious stuff. But we've uh, we've really dug through. I think almost twenty minutes of not serious stuff. Let's jump in. I'm going to do the transition music again because, well, <laughs> we are a real professional operation here at Access Ninja. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> iOS twelve. I think we already did its introduction, so yes, we, did. we can jump right in. Uh, jump right into things here. Uh, the whole. No, come on. <laughs> 
But should we ease in slowly again? Uh, <laughs> no, I think people just want to know. <laughs> I think the people who 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 downloaded yeah. the episode to hear about iOS 12 are, are are probably like, just get to it. They're probably ready to throw their phones across the room or whatever they're listening to on their. <laughs> the note we should put move to a minute this. <laughs> All right, sorry guys. We'll be more organized. Just me. I was just missing my co-host here. We needed That's to have right. some fun. <laughs> so we mentioned that performance was a big part of that update. And uh, you, Rachel, you mentioned that you had an older was an iPhone five. You installed it on. Five uh, S. I have a five S, a six S, and my ten. Now you got a whole family of phones there. Yeah, come on. Actually. My husband always complains, he's like, I don't know what you want so much phone for. But uh, one I use for taking a second camera video when I'm doing videos, and I use the other one for recording. So that's my equipment. I always forget the phones are such a good camera. Uh, I've got a, a a fancier digital SLR camera with uh, that could shoot HD video and and. The thing, it doesn't have some of the features the iPhone does. So I end up using the iPhone to shoot a lot of the video. I thought that was going to be my main camera, but uh, they do uh, they do have great cameras on them. Well, I have, um, you know, I have actually two really great cameras, and I'm thinking about selling them because even though they're good cameras, if I don't have somebody to shoot for me, then, you know, it doesn't do much because I don't know when it's on, when it's off. Uh, one of them doesn't make any beeps at all. So um, I I think thinking to just stick with my iPhones because at least it tells me if there's a face in there, and and since I'm thinking to start my YouTube uh, channel without any help, uh, I think the iPhone is you know at least tells me if there's something focused on it, and and it doesn't mean that's always gonna be great, but I think the chances are a little bit bigger than with a regular camera. So we mentioned the the faster speed here, and they do boast some things. I haven't done like a grab a timer and do a test thing, but they're offering things like they say apps can launch up to forty percent faster. Uh, the uh, the share sheets when you hit the share button that loads two times faster. The camera opens seventy percent faster from the lock screen. Uh, supposed to be faster, more responsive. Have you? Uh, Felt has, has the phone felt faster than the older ones? Yes, definitely. Uh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't know the percentages of, you know, from what it used to be to now, but uh, I was I was already experiencing a lot of uh, delays on the camera, uh, in the sharing. Sometimes uh, Siri was responding maybe after, you know, one or two or three seconds after I asked for something. Um, what else? Uh, the going to the home or or opening the phone was kind of slow, and since I installed it again, it's beautiful. It's like it's, it's maybe like a millisecond for some things, and maybe half a second for other things. But definitely, I don't have to count more than one two for anything. Like I counted my head like one two done like. If that. So yeah, that speed that that's I think that they they did that a lot for people with older devices who are a little bit tired of getting softer updates that made their devices seem slower, and so then they would be more less likely to update. And Apple really, 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 really 
wants everyone to update to the newest operating system for a lot of reasons. Uh, but most of it, it really helps developers uh, out quite a bit, and it lets them everybody know what you know what what features are available on every phone. So, I think that was a, a, a an excellent thing to focus on. Um, I, I think it creates a uh, competitive advantage too, because I mean that is one of the biggest problems with Androids, right? Because each device is running a totally different version. I remember, you know, when we used to work together. Uh, that was a big thing because we would tell people do this way, that way, and then we would find out that they were running maybe, uh, you know, uh, three versions ago, and or maybe their device was not even available for upgrading the version, and then and then there were also issues with uh, each device being able to even restrict the features, even though it was the same uh, version of their Android they weren't able to have certain features or some phones would have more features than others or tablets, et cetera. That, that was kind of complicated. Yeah, so Android's newest operating system uh, is only on about 15% of the daily active devices. So people are actively opening them up and using them. Only about 15% currently use the newest version, which has been out for, I mean, I mean not the current, current version, Oreo, which is... Uh, uh, and uh, Apple's already at 50% of people are on iOS 12, which is one of the fastest adoption rates they've had. And so it just makes things a, a lot easier for uh, for developers and for people like us doing, like you said, trying to explain how to do things. We want Because sometimes things change from version to version as they find a new way or new features or they optimize something. Uh, makes it a lot easier if everybody's running the same operating system. Yeah, I think um, the other thing that I, I realized that is happening with this iOS is that they do insist a little more. <laughs> I mean, they offer you the update a little more aggressively. <laughs> well, at least that was my perception. Perhaps it's been doing that for a while, but this time around, it asked me, I think maybe three times um, in the first week. So some of the other new features here, uh, one of them is a, a new feature called Screen Time. Have you played around with that at all, Rachel? No, haven't played with the Screen Time. So Screen Time is a feature that uh, basically uh, allows you to see how much you're using the phone and what you're using it on. Uh, it can actually be set up to give you a weekly, um, basically a weekly uh, notification of, a, of activity your activity report. Oh, I turned that down. You turned it down? <laughs> I turned it down. It's, it gave me the option, do you want to do that? And I was like, nope. So that this uh, screen time, and if you, if you don't activate it, you can find it in settings. It's in the main settings menu. It's, it's right next to, it's right above, it comes right before general in the settings app now. And it basically gives you a, a rundown of how much you're using the app. And it's, it's used for a couple different reasons. Uh, one is for people who want just want to know how much are they using the phone, how many hours are they putting into it per week, uh, especially someone who's trying to curb uh, overuse or or maybe even an addiction to your phone. And yes. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then also parents can use it to monitor their kids' use if the kids have an iPad or an iPod Touch or an iPhone um, and actually even use it to restrict the amount of time that they're using the phone. So it can also be used as a parental control. Yeah, and I thought that Parents are really, at least a few parents that 
I know are really excited about it because, you know, they, they, they give their kids screen time, but it's really hard to reinforce. So now they'll be able to reinforce with technology. Yeah. So you, you can even restrict and say, Hey, um, you know, uh, I only want uh, to be able to uh, use, let's say you've got a kid who really loves Minecraft, right? Because you can get a Minecraft <laughs> app on the phone and that's like a really popular among, one amongst kids and they're putting so many hours. You can actually go into the phone and say once a week they can use Minecraft for three hours. And after that, the app won't launch anymore. So you can actually put that level of restrictions uh, on an app. So, uh, and you can do it for yourself as an adult if you think you've got a problem too. So, uh, oh, there's also another feature called downtime uh, in the screen time feature. And downtime allows you to schedule a part of the day. It's sort of like the do not disturb, but a little bit different. Uh, but you set a downtime like around your bedtime uh, and it's going to block uh, specific applications and stop you from getting notifications uh, during that time of day. So I haven't played around with that at all but that's also something that i know some people have been excited about who want to be like hey you know once i hit 8 p.m i want to be done with my phone uh, but i want to still be able to get calls because if an emergency happens or i need to contact somebody i just don't want my phone popping up and saying oh you know uh, you know you haven't played this game in a while or oh you, there's a new news oh. announcement uh, such and such has happened or you just want to turn off all that noise okay that now i'm excited about it maybe i'll turn it on just for that because i would like to so i have an app on my my computer that when it's my writing time uh, i turn it on and then the only way that you know, I'll get notifications and is that it's when I'm done and I reboot my computer. But I didn't have that option in the phone. I had to put on uh, Do Not Disturb, but then that made me uh, miss a few important business calls and et cetera. So I think I'm going to use that for uh, writing time. And then, and then I won't be bothered unless if it's something important. So yeah, screen time, you can actually, it's, it's pretty well documented inside the settings if you go into settings and go to screen time um, it does a very good job of explaining what each of the uh, each of the settings do so go ahead and jump around and explore that uh, it's probably a topic all in of itself but it's a it's a cool new feature of the update so i really do like it i thought when i first heard about it i go i don't really have a problem with my phone uh use which is exactly what an addict would say but um <laughs> but I was thinking, ah, oh, probably not going to be. Guilty. That's not for me. And uh, and I looked at it, and it's actually got a lot of really interesting things. And I actually do like going in and saying, oh, what have I been up to uh, this week? Uh, in the last seven days, you know, oh, I've spent uh, two hours and forty minutes in the new shortcuts app, which we'll talk about later. And I've spent an hour and seven minutes in mail over the week, and I'm like, that's interesting. Anyways. Yeah, I see. I've, I mean, you know me. I love measuring things, but the way that it was presented to me, I was like, yeah, not interested, because, I mean, let's face it. I'm in my phone twenty four seven, and you know, I use a lot. I mean, I use all these assistive apps to help me do regular things, and I mean, I literally have my phone on my hand like the whole entire day, so. One new feature of the update, uh, if you don't mind, mind me moving along here. Uh, no, go ahead. Actually, isn't available yet. It's going to come in, a, in another update. It was something that they were going to launch right away, but they didn't, which is group FaceTime calls. Uh, 
So you could do up to 32 people in FaceTime, but audio or video. Um, now, they had to delay the release. Something about it wasn't ready, but that's going to come out, they say, this fall. So it could come out literally any day now. Uh, and uh, I don't know uh, exactly how I'd use it, but with 32 people at once, you can have a nice you know, group. You could use uh, FaceTime as an as a application for doing a meeting with a group of people. And uh, we may actually, we're currently recording our podcast through the, the Skype application. But, you know, with these sort of groups with guests, I might consider having us actually use the FaceTime app and record from that. Uh, because the audio quality has been, at least with, with our experience, has been quite excellent. I agree. And then with the video, I mean, video and sound is amazing. So, like good. Who knows? So, but who knows cool. what it could do? Yeah. So I we're wait, waiting for the next update in order to get that uh, the group FaceTime to come, but that's going to be coming very soon. So maybe even by the time this podcast gets posted, because it's going to take me a day or two to get it up. Uh, who knows? Well, I am quite excited about the new gestures. Yes, tell us about the new gestures. We were talking about that right before we uh, we jumped on, because I actually had missed them entirely. Oh, so um, actually, I don't know how did sighted people get to their to their notification before. So notifications before was um, uh, you used to just do one finger pull down from the top of the screen to get to notifications, and it used to be mm -hmm. one finger dragged up from the bottom to get to the control center. Now with this update, at least on on the iPhone 10s and the iPads, now it's you drag down from the top. Uh, on the left-hand side of the screen to get notifications, drag down from the top on the right to get the control center. So that's changed, but the you know the overall feel of the gesture hasn't changed much. It's just the location. Well, so for voiceover, it used to be very kind of complicated. First, you had to find the status bar, and then from the status bar, you used to do a three-finger down from top to bottom for notifications, and three fingers from the bottom to top after you selected the status bar for control center. I and... always thought that was the weirdest gesture because like the control centers flick up, but you have to touch the top of the screen. And on top of that, the status bar is one of the smallest touchscreen targets on the phone. It is the tiniest strip of pixels across the very top. Right. And then the thing was that if you have an iPhone 10, that was a lot easier because you could just get to the top really easy because you didn't have that little space that didn't do anything on the screen. But in the other phones, you had to actually find that little tiny space between the space that did nothing and the top of the screen. That's one of so, the hardest things to teach people uh, when I, as, as I'm doing lessons on voiceover is how to find that little tiny spot. Yeah, on one and, of those phones. Oh, you're giving me like, <laughs> oh, you just reminded me of how, how hard that is. Well, but now, now it's a lot easier because now if you want notification, all you do is you drag your finger from the top of the screen to the bottom and notification comes up. And if you want control center, you do the same thing, but just halfway. And the same way. makes little audio cues to help you with that, right? Uh, it makes audio cues or it gives you a haptic feedback. So little vibrations just, there. That's nice. Right. A little vibration on your hand, 
when you you hit it. So uh, so now it's really fast and easy to get there. So I was super excited about that. I know for other people that might be not a big deal, but for me it was like yay! I don't have to do all this complicated stuff, especially because I use the control center a lot. You know, not just for play, but for airplay, for flashlight, for you have it. Like I use it for every everything. Yeah, for those of you, because you could use the entire phone and never use the control center. But for those of you maybe are not super familiar with the control center, it's a set of you know kind of quick access to various settings like airplane mode, Wi-Fi on and off, Bluetooth, uh, volume, screen brightness, etc. And uh, and it can actually be customized if you go into uh, the settings uh, below after general is control center, and you can actually customize what options show up in your control center so it's like a really quick and easy way to get to uh, frequently used settings yeah and mine is customized so i use notes a lot and notes is inside of a folder blah 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 and so if i need notes and i need to take a quick note i just pull that so fast it's beautiful so i love this new gesture uh for blind users also for voiceover users uh, the status bar changed a little bit, so sometimes you will find it on the laptop, but the most efficient and reliable way to get to that status bar is going to be now on the right side, the top right. That will take you to the status bar when you cannot find it on the left. So that is pretty cool as it comes to uh, gestures. I know that there has been some improvement in gestures too, um, but I haven't seen anything different in the voiceover side. Did you see any gestures improvement on the regular way of using the phone? You know, outside of those control center notifications, uh, uh, I haven't seen a, a big difference there. And now, there's another change, and a lot of people might not use that, but you got me into it, John, which is using the leveler of the phone to see, you know, uh, it's very useful when you have to take pictures of papers and when I'm using certain apps and I want to make sure that, you know, that is actually straight. Um, I use the leveler a lot. So the leveler has changed and is now part of the measures app, which is a new app. Yeah, so if you're using iOS 11 or an older, you would find Leveler in the app Compass. You'd open up the Compass, do a three-finger flick from right to left, so three fingers to the left, and you'd open up the uh, uh, the Compass app, uh, I mean, the uh, the Level application, and then you could either hold it, you know, if you're trying to level a picture on the wall, for example, you just place the phone directly against the wall, and it will tell you if the phone is level or not. Or if you point it towards the ground, it will tell you if you're pointing it absolutely flat or not. But like you said, Rachel, it's moved. It's not in the Compass. The Compass app is now just the Compass. Uh, and there's a new app called Measure. And Measure is a tabbed application. So you got two buttons at the top. Bottom left says Measure. Bottom right says uh, no, sorry, uh, says Level. Level. And yeah. that's where you go to get to the, to the level now. Now, the Measure, I'm sure, is very nifty and I have a friend that does a lot of craft and uh, he says it's, it's awesome and very accurate and I also have a potter's friend that um, you know she likes she's actually been using some of the measure for when um, you know she didn't have her caliper 
available. I did try to use it, but you know, it's a very visual thing because you have to um, kind of like mark the the corner where you want to measure and then to the other corner. And I can't explain much because it's not <laughs> immediately available to me, but um, I think you can even do 3D measures too. So Yeah, so you can literally, you, know, you have to point the camera. It uses the augmented reality, which has also been enhanced with the, with the update to recognize what the camera is seeing. You have to point it at the corner or the edge, whatever you want to measure, uh, and then tap it and then point the camera at the other edge of the object and tap and it will tell you the different distance and then you can build like uh uh you can then go up down left right and get a full like 3d uh you know width length width depth etc but it has very very visual in nature and it doesn't you know i mentioned like augmented reality kind of identifying what's there it's it's identifying where in space the camera is so how far is the camera from an object but it's not understanding what's what's there so voiceover doesn't really give you any feedback with that particular feature so it's you know if, if you're blind it's pretty much impossible to use but i think i still think that the app it's 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 wonderful and and I think it would be very useful for you know people that is a is a wonderful tool to have handy oh, you know, yeah, as you're trying to do things. Absolutely, and it'll be interesting because they're putting a lot of Apple's putting a lot of effort into augmented reality, where the camera's getting smarter and smarter at acknowledging what's there, and as computer learning enhances, I'm I'm be very interested to see how augmented reality starts to adapt uh, for the world of disability, specifically with vision, as these cameras start to get smarter and able to figure out what it's looking at. There's, there's could be some really interesting, uh, improvements in this field in the upcoming years. So even hey, though, by talking, you know, oh, go ahead. I say, even though measure right now might not be, uh, uh very accessible for blind because it's a very visual based app. That doesn't mean it's not going to be in the future. And it doesn't mean that they're not working on that. So. Oh, come on. I mean, even levels, I could have never used a level before. And I've been able to use level with uh, iOS for a long time, which yeah, I have never, I've never seen another talking level anywhere. No, there isn't. This is it. And it, it helped me a lot when I was doing, uh, you know, pottery. I mean, it, it was beautiful. And like I said, it helps me when I'm taking pictures on a surface. I mean, it's really awesome. So yeah, I, I, it's a brand new uh, app, and I'm sure they're gonna find better ways to, to find, you know, to make this work. But talking about Halloween, I think it'll be scary, like when those cameras get like super smart to know what's there. Yeah, Hall Maybe Halloween the... right now is all about like vampires and zombies and so forth, but uh, I think they're missing the, the computer and technological uprising, right? Yeah, come on, like imagine like your phone becomes your own paparazzi, you know, and like mm -hmm. the camera's like, ooh, like actress naked. Oh, no. <laughs> now that's really scary, yeah. Your camera, so. your phone knows where you are. <laughs> the GPS is following you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it knows what you're doing. And it will share with the world. Oh, no. I'm running out of sound effects. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and that's the reality, the limitation of technology, right? There for you. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so okay. I want to talk about uh, Siri because Siri has been updated with uh, iOS 12 as well. Now there's uh, some some small, but but for some people, significant updates. Uh, for instance, Siri now knows all your motorsports stats. So you've got your NASCAR and other racing events. Uh, they know more about celebrities. So, you know, getting the really important things down. <laughs> so if you want to know when some celebrity was born or things like that, she knows more about that. And then also more information about food. So like calorie and vitamin uh, and, you know, if you want to know how much caffeine is in the average cup of coffee or you want to know how many calories are in um, something else or how much fiber in kale or whatever. Uh, so, you know, that can be useful for uh, as well. But what I'm really excited about is uh, the addition of a new application you can download from the App Store if you buy iOS 12. And that is Siri Shortcuts. And now Siri shortcuts, uh, this is right up my alley because I am a macro and automations guys. I like to have my computer do work for me. It, it, it's, the, it's the whole big deal with computers, right? You're supposed to work for you. You're not supposed to work for them. But I feel like I am constantly coddling and taking care of my computer. And it is not always taking care of me. So with the automation, it allows us to take a series of actions and string them together. Uh, so that I can create basically my own Siri commands. And the Siri Shortcuts app is uh, very powerful, a lot more powerful than I thought it was going to be. But that also means it's a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be also. <laughs> so if you go into the, if you have iOS 12, you do have to go into the App Store to find it. So if you want to find it with Siri, just activate Siri and say, find the Shortcuts app in the App Store. And it's simply called Shortcuts. And inside of this app, uh, it's a tabbed application if you open it up, and it's got two sections, a library, which is all of the uh, automations or macros you've created or downloaded, and then also a gallery. So if you don't want to jump into the deep end of the pool of creating your own macros, you can actually download ones that Apple has curated. So like if I, I've got it open right now, and I can see uh, they've got ones called Morning Routine. And they have one that says, when do I need to leave by? And it tells you when to leave home so you're not late to work. Uh, they've got uh, heading home. Get your ETA, calendar event, and playlist going on your commute home. Uh, home ETA finds out how long it will take you to get home. Say cheese opens up the camera for to take like a FaceTime photo. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, not FaceTime. I mean, a selfie photo. My camera. Uh, where next gets directions to the next event on your calendar. So basically it, it does a, a series of events and we're going to release uh, a podcast episode uh, in the very near future where I'm actually going to give you uh, a walkthrough of creating uh, two uh, of your own. Uh, and uh, one of them is going to be for using the camera to take a, to take a selfie and the other one's just for fun. And I'm going to actually uh, uh, play this one for you right now that I just called Magic 8-Ball. And Rachel might recognize this. I was working on creating, playing around with app development, and I created something called the Crummy 8-Ball, <laughs> which is you shake the phone and it gives you an 8-Ball, you know, the Magic 8-Ball style, like yes, no, but it, it's never useful. Well, I made a version of that in the Siri Shortcuts app, and, uh, and I'll actually uh, post it along with that episode's show notes because you can actually share 
shortcuts you create and you, people can actually download them and add them to their phone. So what I've set mine up to is when you have a macro, you can open it up and you can actually set what you'd like to say to Siri to activate it. So uh, mine, I just say magic eight ball. So I'm going to activate Siri on mine and uh, uh, you'll see what it does here. Magic eight ball. Shortcut says, oh yeah, that will totally happen like 100%. So I was supposed to ask <laughs> okay. it like, uh, you know, a magic eight ball, um, will uh, this podcast be the most popular uh, podcast episode we've ever recorded? Magic eight ball. Shortcut says, huh? No way, dude. Done. <laughs> So this shortcut, and like I said, we're going to put out a, uh, a Let's a prove demo. the ball wrong, guys. Let's prove it wrong. Make Help it popular. us. Uh, so this is a shortcut. I literally created it out of these little macros. They're like little pieces. So if I open up this, I'm just going to read you off what I have in here. So first it says vibrate device. Then uh, it gets, I have a file on my phone called cartoon conga. That's the sound effect. So it gets the cartoon conga sound effect. It plays it. And then it loads up a list, and this list contains all the possible Magic 8 Ball responses. So I have, it could happen. I mean, anything could happen. Ha, no way, dude. Ask again later. Like, way later. Uh, how, do, how should I know? You do know just a phone, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've had a whole bunch of these. And so it creates a list with all of this text in it. And then it gets, and it says, get item from list random. So it gets a random list and then speaks it out loud. And so basically I took these building blocks that they provided to me and I put them in the order I want them to play and it creates my own Siri action. And you can do a whole bunch of ones. I created one that uh, asks you for your current weight and then it loads that into the health app. And then it tells you what your weight is now and what your weight was the last time you logged your weight. Uh, I've got another one that just pulls the top five headlines from CNN and reads them out loud to you. It's, I've got another one that just checks to see if there's any birthdays today and tells you, yes, so-and-so's birthday is today. And I've just, these are just things I've made casually for fun. And, uh, and, and all of them are tied to a Siri command. So I can literally customize it. And you can even use this to override Siri commands. So somebody had one where they wanted to ask what the weather was like, but they don't like Apple's, the information Apple's weather app gives. And I have a different app called Dark Sky. And so they had it, so when they say, what's the weather today, it uses Dark Sky and reads back those responses. And nice. Then, yeah, and I then, like AccuWeather. And the nice thing is any app developer, so any app you've loaded on it, they can add their own shortcuts. So like BlindSquare has one that, that has show, show my location in BlindSquare. And uh, I use, uh, uh, what's a, that's another good example here. Instagram has integration into it. Uh, Ooh, so can I just say like post and then it would post to Instagram after I take a picture or something? Yeah, so you would create a, um, a post post on Instagram is the action that they have. So what you would do is in, in uh, you would activate, you do a set, uh, basically you would, you would set up in uh, shortcuts here, a take photo action. Mm -hmm. And then you would load up next post on Instagram because what it does, it opens the photo passed into this action. So you take, take a camera, take a picture of the camera that takes the photo, 
passes it on to the next step. You put it post on Instagram and it will uh, open up Instagram and post it for you. Cool. So you like can create, and so you could create a command that is like a post selfie on Instagram, and it would open up the camera. You set it to the front facing camera. You could even have it automatically take the photo, or you could double tap or tap the photo button. Takes the photo, opens Instagram, puts it into the post, and then you know lets you put some text in. And you can do it all in one. You can create your own Siri command for that. Cool. So it is a huge topic, which is the reason why I recorded an entire episode, giving just a basic understanding of what you might be able to do with shortcuts. But it is very exciting. Uh, it is very advanced. So if you get in there, you're going to see a bunch of commands that you might not understand. They have a whole section for scripting. So you can have like the if then else. So if this happens, then that happens. If this if this is the current uh, text, then I want this to happen. Uh, you can get all, you could repeat actions and so forth. Somebody made a uh, a one you can download that just uh, sends the same text message to a friend twenty times in a row, uh, which is really obnoxious. <laughs> it's a, okay, I'm definitely gonna create that one. So you can you can have like a lot of fun with it. Sister. And then because other app developers can add their own Siri commands, it's very expandable. So it's going to make Siri very customizable. Uh, it synchronizes between all of your devices that have iOS 12. So if you create a new Siri action on your phone, it will synchronize to your iPad. It will even synchronize to your HomePod. You've got one of those, so you can actually launch it uh, everywhere. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, it, like I said, if you, if you want to just kind of explore it, I encourage you to download the app then go to the gallery and any uh, series shortcut from the gallery you download, you can open it up and see the pieces that make it up and kind of use that to kind of learn how to build them. I will give one piece of advice for anybody who's using voiceover edit is that um, as you create your shortcuts, you're going to have like four or five steps uh, and each shortcut step has multiple settings to adjust in it. And if you want to jump around quickly uh, and you're familiar with the rotor, set your rotor to headings. And when you're in headings and you flick up and down, that will jump you to the title of each of the uh, steps that you've put in uh, and allows you to get around the app so much faster. So that's just my, uh, my, my particular Siri tip is headings are used heavily in the app. Use them to navigate and get around quicker. Here, here. I will use it. I also heard, and I haven't played with it yet, so I can't tell you for sure, but apparently with iOS 12, there is a lot more markdown, people that use markdown support. So I think it's uh, kind of uh, more supported across the board. I wouldn't be surprised. I know a lot of uh, Apple developers and employees use Markdown regularly in their lives, and so they're probably going to want to integrate it better into the systems that we use. Yeah, so I, I I can't tell you for sure. So maybe we can do. Uh, well, we have had actually a couple of requests on Markdown, so maybe that's something we can bring it up at a future episode. But I do think that um, there's more support for Markdown, so uh, I have to figure out how. But I use Markdown all the time, so that will be very exciting. So we're coming up on an, on an hour here. I think maybe both of us should pick one more thing from iOS 12 we want to highlight and then maybe wind this up here. What do you think? 
Uh, no, I think you can take your pick because I already brought all the things up I wanted oh, to bring up. So I want to mention just um, two things really quickly um, that are updates. So uh, Apple has updated, you know, their central apps, their the news, stocks, uh, even the the app previously called iBooks is now just called Books, which is for finding uh, text and audiobooks that you can purchase. But uh, one of the improvements has happened to the voice memos application. So that's changed a little bit. It's been redesigned. <gasps> nice. And one of the things I really like about it as someone who has an iPad and an iPhone and uh, and is running a Mac with Mojave, the newest version of the Apple operating system, uh, which also has the... Um, the uh, the voice memo app on it is if I record uh sorry a voice uh, a voice memo if I record a voice memo on my iPhone it automatically synchronizes with my computer and my iPad so my voice memos travel with me everywhere so I can take a voice memo on my phone and then open up the app on my computer and access it there and I use the voice memo sometimes to do dictations so I'll make an audio recording and then I'll drop it into drag and dictate to convert it into text or sometimes I just do it because I don't want to forget something and I like having my voice memos everywhere so that that's something I really like this is gonna be pretty exciting even for the podcasting because sometimes I use voice memo to get sound bites outside and it would be really easy. Will be great to be able to transfer to the, you know to have that seamless transfer to the computer. Um, and then the last thing is uh, into the Photos app. Actually, the Photos app uh, has had some basic searches built into it, but now you can actually search your photos by location. And so, um, if I activate Siri, I can say "Find my pictures of Paris." And it will open up the Photos app and take me to just my my photos from Paris. Uh, and then I could even combine that with uh, there's a series shortcut that says where was this photo taken, and it will actually take me, you know, narrow it way down to uh, even closer where I am. It loads it up on the map, the street that the photo was taken on. So I like being able to find my photos by location. That's um, uh, and I've also noticed that specifically the find my pictures of dogs works seems to work better. It seems to be doing a better job at automatically recognizing animals. And I, that might just be on my phone or a coincidence, but uh, I like that too. Uh, as someone who takes a lot of photographs, one thing you still can't do, and I was opening up series shortcuts, Rachel, <laughs> is uh, change the name of the photo. <laughs> is, is change it when it's in the Photos app now. I got good news is that you can create a shortcut that takes a photo, gives it a name, and then puts it in iCloud in like a folder, okay. right. uh, but not in the Photos app. All right. Well, we're improving. We're getting there. Baby uh, steps. Yeah. Baby steps. But there is an improvement. So that's exciting. Oh, I did want to say one more thing. I just look here at my list. Um, maps. Maps have improved. Uh, a lot for voiceover use. Maybe it's because of the performance. I can't tell. Uh, but I can easily find where to search now. And so I think they must have changed the look a bit too. And I didn't have enough time to do the whole research for the cited part of it. But I do think it, uh, I do think it probably, they improved the, at least they improved the taxonomy behind it because before it was really difficult for me to uh, find a search and 
find exactly where I'm at. And now it's, it's really nice. Excellent. I use maps a, a lot. So, um, and I have noticed uh, definitely a performance performance boost there and uh, and uh, continuously working on accuracy. I, I travel out all across Minnesota, so I'm in rural rural areas quite a bit. It was really funny. Sometimes, you know, Apple Maps is wrong about some of these really tiny uh, cities out in rural Minnesota. And sometimes they do it really great, and sometimes Google Maps is right, and sometimes Google Maps is wrong. So when right. I'm traveling out to, like, a rural area, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll check the location in Apple Maps, and then I'll check it in Google Maps. And if they disagree, then I'll research. I'll call the person and be like, where exactly are you? Uh, but it's it's uh, the accuracy on, on the Apple Maps has been, at least in Minnesota, uh, has been improved significantly. Yeah, I do the same thing. Uh, and when I was in Mexico, I used a lot both Google Maps and Apple Maps. And, and um, you know, the... If they were matching, then usually it was good. <laughs> and if they weren't, then it was better to figure out. But more than that, um, I think the performance makes a huge difference because uh, I get, well, the, with more performance, then there's more accuracy of, you know, we're tracking, one tracking. So I'm pretty excited to see how that's going to affect my navigation skills. I noticed performance issues can really affect voiceover in more than one way too, because one of the things that voiceover needs to keep track of where we are and what's happening. And when things happen slowly, the focus moves and we end up with inconsistencies. So the performance, I think, yeah, overall is probably making voiceover use uh, a lot more consistent and a lot better. Right. And then I think the augmented reality, even though might not be affecting me, for example, in the measurement app, I, I'm pretty certain it's going to affect a lot of the assistive uh, apps, you know, that like like Soundscape and, and others that are using the, the phone ability with the, of, you know, of the, the sensor and the movement and all that stuff. So. Yeah, they've really added, you know, part of the update we didn't talk about in detail is AR Kit 2, which is their augmented reality kit for developers. And it's getting better at mm -hmm. recognizing like objects and shapes that are around and orientating information based off of that and speeding it up and knowing your location, your physical location, combining that with augmented reality art. So you could go to like a literally an augmented reality art studio where, you know, we're all virtual objects, but. And although that, you know, doesn't have a, a lot of applications right now uh, in at least in the low vision blind community, um, because these this technology is learning to recognize objects in three dimensional space and starting to figure out, use that information with where you are, there's a lot of possibilities uh, at, uh, in the future where these could be really helpful uh, in navigation, indoor navigation, getting information about what objects are there, obstacles, etc. It, it'll be really interesting, but I still think we're a couple of years off before that's really, really useful. Well, but you know, just last night I saw like this huge improvement. I'm like, um, I I wanted a specific tea, and uh, so I went to my kitchen and I forgot to turn the light on, and I put scene AI. And I was able to find the tea within like less than three seconds. Like once I found the box. So, and, and I had, I was waving it around and kind of like had it on the text mode, not even on the code 
to, to check the, you know, the barcode of the product. So it started reading from far away in the dark, like, you know, pieces of, uh, of words. So I was looking for the mountain tea. So I was able to hear mountain and then I kind of knew, you know, more or less what the box was. And then when I came close and I used the, uh, the barcode and I knew exactly what it was. It was pretty amazing. I mean, it's first time that the assistive app actually works that fast. Cause sometimes I turn them off and I get like, ah, whatever. And part of the augmented reality enhancements too is increasing the, the phone's ability to recognize faces in more detail. So if you take a, a, a photo um, right now, it can tell if the person's smiling or not. Uh, but the face tracking has been enhanced now, uh, at least according to their website, to include uh, being able to identify if someone's sticking their tongue out or not, or whether or not they're winking. And that little information when you take photos, because voiceover gives some details about the photos, not very much, uh, but that's more and more detail. It's going to be able to tell if the person, so when you take a photo, you can tell you the person's blinking, the person's winking, the person is smiling, the person's sticking their tongue out. You're getting more and more information about the person well, in the photo. Imagine what that could do, for example, with people with Asperger's, you know, like in recognizing emotion. I think that could be pretty cool. So, so exciting stuff, emotion. exciting stuff in augmented reality, even if, you know, not, not you know, it's, it's, it's an evolving and it's evolving very quickly. So we'll, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep our fingers on the pulse of that as well. Well, I think we should close out here. What do you think, Rachel? I think so too. I think you need to have a heart sounding thing, you know, yeah. or when you say, we'll keep it pulse. We'll keep so it goes, the pulse. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> I'll work on that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on the latest episode of Access Ninja. Uh, my, uh, this has been Jonathan. And Rachel. Uh, if you've got any feedback for us, ideas for other topics, send it to us at feedback at access.ninja. And, Have uh, a wonderful week. Yeah. Be good to each other. <laughs>